We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. But first, let's talk some NFL and some of the big storylines out there. Uh, The NFL draft will be here before we know it. Uh, Right now, C.J. Stroud favored to go number one overall at minus 330. Bryce Young at plus 240. Anthony Richardson at 9-1. to Will Levis at 50-1. to You know, he's sitting in front of his uh, bathroom mirror taking selfies of his body. I don't know how that's going to bode well for him in regard to some of the general managers out there, but it is what it is. Um, as we know, the Carolina Panthers made a trade with the Chicago Bears to move up to get the number one overall pick. David Newton covers the Carolina Panthers. He sat down with me earlier this week on my Bet Digital show uh, to give me some insight on what he thinks the Carolina Panthers very well could do with that number one overall pick. Let's listen in. Bring in David Newton. He covers the Carolina Panthers. There's a lot of talk and speculation which quarterback is going to go number one overall. C.J. Stroud jumped to minus 300, which means you have to lay $100 down to win $300, or you have to lay $300 down to win $100. If you think C.J. Stroud is going to be the first quarterback selected by the Carolina Panthers. So with that being said, what do you know? What can you tell us? Who do you think Carolina is going to pick with the number one? Yeah, it's just as simple as picking who's going to win the final four, right? Right? I mean, I'll tell you what I know. The Panthers traded from nine to one because they knew they had to be at one to have a chance at Stroud or Young. They also traded up there because they wanted to make sure they had control of this draft. They couldn't have done that anywhere else. If they were going after Anthony Richardson or Levis, who they're going to talk to and they're going to their pro days, then they could have kind of moved up to three and been comfortable there. But they knew they needed to be at number one. What I also know is the Panthers, their management, that entire team of 12 or 30 or whatever they've got, they've been going to all these pro days and whining and dining these these players. They are all on the same page and basically what they want. Do they know that exact player? If I were a betting man, I would take Stroud right now, mainly because he's six foot three. And Frank Reich has never had a starting quarterback in 17 years that's been under six foot two. But I also have to remind you that back, I think, in 2021, the 49ers moved up in the top part of the draft. Everybody thought they were going to take Mac Jones. Who'd they take? Trey Lance. So you just never know. But I think Frank Reich had it right when he said, he said, we're in the driver's seat. We don't have to play games. So I think in a couple of weeks, they're going to let us know for sure who they're going to take. But right now, I'd go with Stroud. Well, you've got a great article out on uh, on .com right now, a column out right now in regards to Frank Wright, uh, the connection that this coaching staff has to possibly Russell Wilson because uh, that's who the quarterback that a lot of people have Bryce Young compared to. What can you tell us in regard to his size and the philosophy with the Carolina Panthers? Well, the biggest connection for the Panthers to a shorter quarterback would be their general manager, Scott Fitterer. He was on the team in Seattle in uh, 2012 when they selected Russell Wilson, another short quarterback. Russell Wilson turned out pretty good. So the Panthers know that they've got to take a look at everything that Young brings. And what they do like about Young is his processing. 
Scott Fitter and uh, Nick Saban up in Alabama, the coach there, they both said that his processing is completely off the charts. That's got to carry a lot of weight. And I also, from people I've been talking to, said that while Frank has been married to the taller quarterbacks in the past, he understands the game is changing, that shorter, more athletic quarterbacks are coming out of college, and they need to take a look at these guys because that's what they're going to need, that mobility, that ability to make plays when the plays aren't necessarily there, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes. So they're taking a look at all those things right now, and that's why I can't say for sure they know who they're going to take because Young brings a lot of those intangibles that Stroud may not. Uh, so, David, as we know, the Carolina Panthers, they've attended all three top quarterback pro days. There's still one in the books, March 30th, Anthony Richardson, assuming they're going to be there. But then after that, they're going to host all these quarterbacks in Carolina. What will, they be, what will they be looking for there? What are some of the characteristics uh, that they're going to want to see when these quarterbacks do come to their facility? Yeah, and, and that's what these workouts, these pro days have been about. They've been more about what they learn from these players at the dinners. We, we know they like seafood because one's had scallops. Uh, I think one's had sea baths. So we, we know those type of things, but they're trying to find what that type person is. Uh, it's going to be the franchise uh, face of the franchise, and they want to find out more about the person than they know about the quarterback because they know what he can do on the field. So they're looking for all those things. That's why owner David Tepper and his wife, the co-owner, Nicole, They've been going to all these pro days because they want to learn everything they can about this player from the inside out. They don't want to just know what his you know, height time is, his 40 time is, how high he can jump. They want to know every single detail about this player. And I think that's what they're learning. That's why they want to bring him to Charlotte. And some of these players, I mean, like Levis and um, Richardson, who knows what's going to happen three or four years down the road. They may be looking at those guys again. And some of the information they learn now may be useful then. But right now, their main focus, as I've been saying, are young or Stroud, and they hope to learn just a little more when they bring them to Charlotte. David, thank you. Such great insight for a number of people who are going to be wagering on the number one quarterback selected in this draft. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. You know, here's the thing, and again, that's David Newton, and he does a great job covering the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, he here's the thing. Every single one of these quarterbacks that are coming out this year have flaws, right? C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, too small. Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, he, to me, he's another Trey Lance. Unbelievable athlete, throw the ball a mile, uh, lightning fast, can run, could run with the football, all the things. Uh, but is he NFL ready? No, he's not. Um... Will Levis, to me, I think has the highest ceiling in regard to uh, what he potentially could do. But still, like to me, not one of these guys are worthy of being number one overall. But one of them will go number one overall. And again, C.J. Stroud is favored at minus 330. Bryce Young, plus 240. Anthony Richardson, 9-1. to one. Will Levis, 50-1. to one. At the end of the day... The best player here is, is Will Anderson. You know, think about it. What has what Zach Wilson or Trey Lance done for their teams? But what has Michael Parsons done for the Dallas defense? Will Anderson is like <sighs> Michael Parsons times two 
with no flaws, no off-the-court issues. A one-man wrecking ball who will change a defense instantly. So, I just... It's insane, and he's 150 to 1. You put a dollar down that Will Anderson will be drafted number one overall uh, to win $150. Now, I'm not telling you to do that because I just, I don't get it. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are, are worthy of being drafted in the top 10. Not, not one of these four are going to be able to start and win football games for any of these franchises this season. I, I just, it, it really, it blows my mind away sometimes. I just, I, I don't, how do these general managers have these jobs? I, I don't, I don't quite understand. But maybe because the quarterback play in the NFL is so god-awful. Let's be honest, right? I mean, you've got legit maybe 15 guys that legit could help a team win a Super Bowl. And then after those 15, maybe you've got five that are like borderline. If they have like the game of their life, no, no flaws, no mistakes, no turnovers. They could potentially help that team win a Super Bowl, but so much else has to come along with it. And there's only 32 of those positions in the NFL. So there's that. Uh, the other storyline, obviously, uh, this week was um, what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Not sure how this is going to pan out. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people feel the Ravens have, you know, the leverage here. And sure enough, they do. I, I mean, if there's not a team that's going to step up to the plate, offer two first-round draft picks, pay Lamar what he wants, which I do not anticipate that happening. Um. He wants to be traded. Does he not show up to training camp? Does he not play this season for the Baltimore Ravens? A report came out this, this week that the Baltimore Ravens actually reached out to Baker Mayfield to see if Baker May, you know, to kind of, I guess, tap those waters because they've, I'm sure they've got to be concerned and worried that they're not going to have a quarterback this season. Right? Regardless, here's the thing, and this is where I'm going with this because this is a gambling show. Uh, you can get Cincinnati right now to win the AFC North at plus 110. Cleveland is plus 330. I'm still not sold on Deshaun Watt. I'm, I'm not sold on that team. Um, Baltimore is 4-1. to one. The Steelers are plus 450. I don't believe that you will get the Cincinnati Bengals to win the division at plus money uh, again. So it's one of my favorite phrases, run, don't walk, get to that window. I love Cincinnati this coming NFL season. It looks like Ravens are in a heap of trouble right now in regard to their quarterback situation. And you could get Cincinnati to win the AFC North at plus 110. I like Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl this year. And right now, you could get them to win the AFC North at plus 110. Like I said, I don't think this is going to be at plus money uh, very much longer, especially uh, as we get closer to find out what's going to, how this whole thing is going to unfold with Lamar Jackson 
and of course the Baltimore Ravens. By the way, the New York Islanders 50th anniversary season continues with celebrations and giveaways all season long at the UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season. Enter to win two free tickets to see the Islanders face off against the Philadelphia Flyers at home on April 8th. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contest, submit your entry for full contest rules. Go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more, and catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. Make sure you do that. By the way, Iowa still up on South Carolina, 59 to 55. How about that? Quick break. We come back. We'll hear from Seth Greenberg getting you ready for the men's final four. Next, here on We Can Wager, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task's Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task's Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. For the men's Final Four, okay? Seth Greenberg, one of the best in the business, uh, part of our ESPN uh, team here, uh, an analyst when it comes to men's college basketball. Joined me earlier this week on my digital bet show that you can listen to Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Watch, I should say, on ESPN+. Plus. 
Uh, let's listen in. This is Seth and I discussing the final four. Seth Greenberg joining us now. Seth, so great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us here on Bet. We've got to kick off with those owls, right? Unbelievable. Prior to the tournament starting, you could wager that they were going to win the NCAA tournament at 301. What does that mean? You're laying a dollar to win $300. Unbelievable. So now this ninth seed has made it to the final four. A lot of people are cheering for them to win the national championship. Based on what you've seen, what do they do so well that has allowed them to have so much success to finally get to this final four, Seth? Yeah, well, offensively, they play four guards, basically four, what I call four gamers and shot makers. So they're really hard to match up with. Like, let's take the Tennessee game, for example. Tennessee played the two bigs. Those four guards in defensive transition, because when they get a stop and they're a very good defensive team, they're running it right at you. Whoever gets that rebound is pushing it, and they get filling lane. Well, you know what? If you play two bigs, you're going to have a hard time getting matched up with them. And now when you get a hard time getting matched up with them, it's an advanced pass. A drive, a kick, one more, and they're knocking down an open three or get to the basket, get to the free throw line. So first, in transition, because they are a good defensive team, they put a lot of pressure on the defense because of the number of guys that can make a play and make a shot. That's really, really important. Uh, the second thing they do is to get extra possessions. They're a relentless offensive rebounding team. You say, wait a second. Vladislav Golden, seven feet, is a bunch of six four dudes. They rebound out of quickness. They pursue Miss shots. They shoot a ton of threes, long rebounds, their quickness, they beat people to the basketball. So they get extra possessions that way. And then defensively, they push you out a step. They really do a good job of pressuring the basketball, taking you out of what you want to do, push you out a step, make you uncomfortable, get you out of rhythm. Uh, did a great job. Kansas State absolutely kind of, if you can call 30 and I think 12, a good job. But they took everyone else away in that game when they played K-State. So... Those are the things that they do really well. They're hard to game for. They're hard to match up with. And then finally, John L. Davis is a, just a brutal, brutal matchup on the perimeter as a go-to scorer. And Vladislav Golden is a big that when they play high-low basketball, they play at a penetration or he ducks in or he's a long roller, short roller. He's shown the ability to score. So uh, I've been really, really impressed with them. And, and they're resilient. I mean, they're really resilient. Think about it. They're going to get their run. And they really believe they might be struggling. They might hit a wall. They might get stuck. But eventually, they'll get that run. And when they get that run, they, they make that one big momentum three that just, boom, flips the game. Yeah, and, of course, now they're going to be in San Diego State, right? The first Mountain West team to make it this far. They're a small favorite. They're favored by two. We just heard all the reasons why you like FAU. If you're someone who believes defense wins championships, maybe you're leaning towards the Aztecs. With that being said, um, who do you have winning this game? You know what? I, right now I have FAU in the game. The more I dig deep into it, and it's, it's real simple identity. Now, people say you can't, you know, San Diego State's going to slow you down. You can't run them, and they're going to just basically dictate the tempo. Kind of like when people talk about Virginia. Well, Virginia, you know, you play against Virginia, they're going to impose their identity on the game. I'm watching this FAU team. They play fast, they play slow. But what they do is they still make you match up. So one of those front court guys on San Diego State is going to have to defend a guard on the perimeter. Now, defensive rebounding will be important because San Diego State dominates you on the glass. Hard to go against San Diego State because of the physicality, their toughness, and 100% they buy into their identity, impose their identity. But I, this FAU team, the more I watch them, they have a physicality. It's an athletic physicality. 
It's a physicality built on quickness, confidence, and shot making. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, For me, I'm someone who believes defense wins championships, not just in the NFL, but in in, in basketball as well. I'm leaning, I like San Diego State. I'm going to lay the points. I also like the under here, Seth. It might be my favorite play. They've won 14 of their last 15 games. Top five defense. They're holding opponents to 65 points or less. They held here. Here's the biggest stat that really blew me away. They held combined Alabama and Creighton to three three pointers. That's it. Three three pointers. Uh, Creighton 11 percent from behind the arc. Two of 17. And offensively, Tramel, you know, they can score. So FAU. Manson's got better. in college basketball. Yeah, no, I, no, so, I, look, I so see where I'm you're coming from. I'll give, I'll give you your best argument. They beat, they beat San Diego State. Uh, they beat Utah State three times. Utah State plays a lot like FAU. They live and die with the three-point line. They play with good flow. They have floor, floor gamers and shot makers. Maybe not as good defensively. So it's look, it's e- it's easy to make an argument either way uh, because of the history of San Diego State playing against a team like Utah State and then the league where there's a lot of scoring teams like New Mexico State. New Mexico, I should say. Uh, let's talk about the team that I think is going to win this whole damn thing, and that's UConn. Uh, they've just been bulldozing through people. <clears throat> I-, I really thought that that game against Gonzaga was going to be one of the best games uh, competitively that we have w- that we will have watched uh, through March Madness. Full disclosure, Seth, I fell asleep. I woke up around 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but with that being said, do you feel that UConn was not seeded properly? Do you feel that they were better than a fourth seed coming in? And, and are they just peaking at the right time? How do you assess this? Anita, you know this stuff better than I do, but I'm, I'm no rocket scientist. But they haven't lost to a team outside the Big East. Now think about that. They have not lost to a team outside the Big East. When you play league play, there's a familiarity and what you're going to give and what you're going to take away. You play those dudes for the first time, you know, it's Sonoma in the paint. It's Hawkins coming off, flying off screens. But it's Andre Jackson that really is the toughest matchup here because Andre Jackson, you can't you can't game plan for what he does and his impact on the game. Their depth is for real. They got 14 feet of post guys. Alex Caravan might be the best blend player in the country. Uh, this Connecticut team is really special. Yeah, Miami's got great guard play. And Jordan Miller and Andre Jackson, if you want to match up, that will be a matchup to watch. That'll be one that, you know, in your world, you'll probably kind of, you know, what will Jordan Miller make his number? You know, how many how many uh, rebounds and assists will Andre Jackson have? But when he's flying around, that dude is good. But so is Jordan Miller, who went played a game yesterday. Now think about this: played against Texas. All right, Jordan Miller did not miss a shot. Seven for seven from the field, made all his free throws. He is a maybe one of the most underappreciated players in the country. But this this Connecticut team, uh, they are really special. I would have worried more about them playing Texas because of the way Texas defends than worried about them playing Miami. 
So uh, let me give you my play in the UConn game. I, like I said, I'm on UConn. I'll lay the points. I also like Hawkins over 16 and a half points uh, because I, I, I do believe that they're going to be focusing in um, on, on the center. But nonetheless, Sonoma. you know, this is the only team remaining that ranks in the top 12 in both defense and offensive efficiency. Like I said, they've been bulldozing through people. They held Gonzaga to 33 points from the field, 10% from three. So their defense has been spot on. You, you mentioned Miami, Seth, and you're right. I feel like each and every time, number one, I doubt Miami. I didn't have them beating Drake. I didn't have them beating Indiana. I certainly didn't have them beating Texas. But each and every game, there's a new guard or there's a new player that steps up. And it, it's not just one guy who's the star of the show, right? It's, it's a variety of guys. So with that being said, how can Miami beat UConn? What do they need to do, Seth? Well, it's their guard play. I mean, it starts with their guard play. When you have a guy like Isaiah Wong, ACC Player of the Year, when you have Nigel Pack, who has the ability to play, knows where his shots are coming from, can really stretch defense. Ruga Poplar is elite defender. That matchup with Jordan Hawkins will be a really interesting one to watch. Ruga, uh, really strong Philly kid, tough, aggressive. Uh, they can own the tempo with the game because of their guards, and then they create a couple matchup problems. Jordan Miller and, and Andre, I talked about him. But don't discount Norchad O'Meara. The dude gobbles up rebounds like Pac-Man. He is absolutely relentless on the glass. Had 17 rebounds the other day. I think he had 12 yesterday. Came in foul trouble. And then Jim Laranega. Uh, I'm a huge Danny Hurley fan. I think he's not a good coach. He's a great coach. Those guys play for him. I watch him practice all the time. I go up there. And they play like their habits. Uh, they, they are really committed to doing what they do and playing to the stress. They're built, they're, they're Belichickian in that everyone does their job, but so is Miami. Miami, if they can set their defense. Miami, if they can, the game can be a little physical because they're active in gaps. Miami in their ball screen offense, they spin you around and they have guys that can either drive a closeout or make a shot. Think about this, Miami came back from down 13 yesterday and they, I think they only made two threes in the game. They had 50 plus points in the second half. They only made two threes in the game. That's a team that knows how to score. They also got to the line 30 times. So uh, I think that will be a way that Miami can potentially pull this upset off. But look, Connecticut gets to the offensive glass. They limit you to one shot. They run you off the three. They protect the front of the rim. Uh, they take you out, out of what you want to do. They beat you with their depth. They beat you with the three. They beat you at the rim. They beat you off the bounce. And then you got Andre Jackson, who to me is like a, you know, he's like a wild card because you just can't game plan for how he plays. So with that being said, omira has got the good hair, but UConn's going to win the big dance. Are <clears throat> we in agreement there? Yeah, omira has got big time hair. I'm really, really jealous personally. Uh, but uh, UConn, <laughs> I think, is is a little bit, is just deeper and more talented. Uh, I would think that Wong and Miller and uh, Nigel Pack would absolutely have to go off for Miami to win. Again, Seth Greenberg, uh, so kind to join me on the Bet Digital show and uh, spewing so much information when it comes to the Final Four tomorrow. Man, is it going to be great. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to multitask here. I'm watching this Iowa game. They are up on South Carolina, 71-68. to 68 with about 253 left. This is a South Carolina team. They are 36 and 0. 36 and 0. I was 30 and 6 and Julian, you had a great stat in regard to uh, Caitlin Clark who's uh, just been 
unbelievable. What was the you you got it from the athletic? What was the yeah, stat that you had? So, Caitlin Clark at Iowa has thirty six career games with thirty points and one with fewer than ten. Unbelievable. Uh, this this Iowa team, if 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 they win this, it's it's all because of Caitlin Clark. Not to take anything away. Uh, from, you know, of course, the rest of her teammates. But uh, really, she's just been pretty much unstoppable tonight. That's for sure. Uh, when we get back, uh, we'll continue to talk about the Final Four. Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com, professional handicapper, will join me on the program, uh, giving you some more picks, some more plays, and, uh, and then also getting you ready for the XFL. Um, went 4-0 last week. 1-0 tonight, I had uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons, minus 3.5, minus 4 in some places. So uh, still three more games remaining, two on Saturday, and then, of course, one on Sunday. Um, it's all we do here on Weekend Wager, helping the folks win some money. Again, I'm beating myself up. I didn't take Iowa plus 10, but nonetheless, it is what it is. It's such a, a fun game to uh, to be watching right now. So. Um, okay, so like I said, again, we get back. We'll hear from Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, Story, Stormy Bone and Tani as well. Anita Marks with you on this uh, Friday night. You're listening to Weekend Wager right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I know we're going to dive into the, the total and the sides and all that, but looking at the pools, Jack, are, are, you, are you aware that a majority of, of – the pools have already been decided because very few people, A, you selected these four to make it to the final four, let alone any of them winning the national championship. Well, if you if you had picked any more than just you, first of all, if you picked UConn, I just said, okay, you went to UConn. Your sister went to UConn. I know you're from South Florida. Maybe you went to Miami. I mean, I mean or where are you hiding Biff from Back to the Future? I mean, let's get in the DeLorean and go back and get the book, bring it back, and let's just get all four right and quit beating around the bush. I mean, the reality is, if you've got done anything right, you probably know uh, any more than one right. You know very, very little about basketball and more about colors and parts of the country and favorite mascots because this is not a year that anybody that watches basketball, that certainly handicaps games and bets actual money on the games, is going to co have come up with any more than one. And certainly uh, even having one is a, is a lucky thing. And by the way, Connecticut's not done yet. I mean, this is not a team – that is that was 35 and three this team started out the year really hot went through a swoon they were two and nine against the spread the middle of december and into the first part of january if i'd have told you at that point hey bet uconn and nothing else you would have put me away and throw you know you lock me up throwing away the key i mean it didn't seem like they were that team now they are the definition of a team that has gotten hot them in miami both a team that has gotten hot at exactly the right time and then had a lot of other things fall their way to put them in, this, in a, an opportunity to win and certainly the favorite going into this weekend all right so let's break it down the first game san diego state you know and they're going up against fau a lot of people pulling for fau they are still the i'd say even more so than university of miami the cinderella story uh, even though they've won so many games this season. San Diego State is favored by two. So the line now has gone up to three. I'm sure you could get it at two, two and a half in some places. Uh, the over-under is 131 and a half. How are you playing this? Yeah, if you're betting San Diego State, you're just betting against FAU because you don't know anything about FAU. FAU is the one team that's left, Anita, that we don't know how good they are. 
We, we don't know. And so if you're, if you're arrogant enough to tell me that you know how good FAU is, I'm going to know that you're nothing more than just arrogant because this is the big X factor in this tournament. This team won 35 games this year. Now, yeah, they had never won a tournament game coming into the season, but it's that old adage, you only beat who's been put in front of you. And what we know about this FAU team is that they don't care who they play. They are the honey badger. They do not care. They go out and beat everybody. They've overcome adversity in the tournament. And so we don't know how good they are. Are they the best team in the cup? Maybe. We're going to find out this weekend because they're the team still playing that if you look at what they've done and you look at who they played, they we don't know how good they are. Now, maybe they're not as good as the names on the front of the jersey, what Connecticut brings to Miami and to San Diego State to a point. Although I will tell you, the Mountain West had done nothing in the tournament before this year, 3-14 and 14 against the spread. They've not had anybody in the Final Four before. The recency bias is going to dictate that you would go to, to uh, San Diego State. The best play, in my opinion, is on the under for sure. San Diego mm -hmm. State holding opponents to 18% from the beyond the three-point line in the tournament. They're incredibly deep. They're balanced. They are very veteran. Eight, seven of their eight in the rotation are seniors. This is a the old school, you know, no transfer portal. They have one kid that's valuable through that transfer portal, but they've done it old school. They build up talent. They, they develop kids, and now they're ready for the payoff. But I like FAU because I don't know how good they are. I know they're a lot better than everybody they played, and I know they've only lost three games this year, and they are the big X factor. And all the pressure, like it's been on every opponent FAU has had literally since they set on the bus to head toward the, the uh, round of 64, is on San Diego State. Give me FAU and under in this one. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and pretend like I know what this FAU team is, is about. The first time I ever saw them play, Jack, was obviously – uh, in this tournament uh, and and full disclosure and I tell people this all the time full transparency I don't really watch any I don't have time there's only so many hours in the day and I'm a football gal you know I, I don't really watch a lot of college basketball and until until really we get close to, to the tournament championships and, and closer to uh, to March Madness after after the Super Bowl but with that being said what I am really impressed with and I and I'm with you in regard to the under here at 131 and a half is the San Diego State defense uh, top five in, in college basketball. Teams were only averaging 56 points per game, if not less, on the season. In this tournament, it's 65 points or less. Here's what's really fascinating. They held both combined, Alabama and Creighton, Jack, to only three three-pointers. Creighton was two of 17, 11%. Uh, so their defense is just so good. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think the play here is the under. But a part of me and just how good their defense is. Here's another thing. You know, Alabama's defense, third best in regards to defensive efficiency, Creighton 14, FAU is 20th. So now they're going up against a defense that not as great as Alabama, not as as, as great as, as, as Creighton, but they were still able to put up enough points to, to, to win. So I don't have true conviction here in regard to who's going to win this matchup, but I'm with you. I, I do believe the play is the under. Yeah, Ken Levick is their play-by-play -play guy right now. I know a lot about FAU. I, I spent a lot of time in Boca. We talked about I'm, I'm on my, my yacht down here right now in Florida, and I've kept a boat in that part of the country for years. I've done radio with the play-by-play the -play station for FAU for probably 15 years. A guy named Evan Cohen, who's on Sirius, lives in your neck of the woods now, uh, who's a national guy with Sirius. He used to be their play-by-play -play guy. A lot of those guys were cutting their teeth with this university when they barely had a team. I'm not saying that – 
I, I know uh, enough to know how good they are. I just know enough to keep my ego at check and say, okay, the name on the front of the jersey is not what has gotten FAU here. So just because they're a small underdog to San Diego State doesn't mean they're not better than them because there have been very few teams have proven that they're better than FAU when it counts. So I think the most interesting game is that one to watch. Uh, from a, from a spectator standpoint, even though most people would know nothing about most either of those teams. I'm with you. Later on in the evening, uh, around 8.50 is tip-off, is the U, baby, the University of Miami, uh, going up against UConn. UConn favored by 5.5. The over-under is 149. This UConn team, Jack, has been steamrolling people. They've won by a total of 24 points, 15 points, 23 points, 28 points. Nothing close in regard to their opponents. Do you feel that changes against the University of Miami? I, I think it definitely could. I mean, we they're the one team that has all of the pressure at this point. You know, they take this break. Everybody resets when they go into the Final Four. And they, app, they are the prohibited favorite. And I think we don't know how their players will handle that or won't handle that. What we do know is that UConn was the fourth best team in the Big East, didn't win the conference tournament. I mean, th this team has not been great all year. They were really good to start the year, really good late in the season. But in the middle, they played like a team that can lose and, and not cover. Um, the, both these teams, as I said, quintessential, hot at the right time teams. Everything is falling right. Um, I, I think both these teams are dangerous, but I think either one that gets down, we've seen this throughout the tournament, teams that get down, they either, it's fight or flight. They either know how to come back, and we saw this as a San Diego State a couple of times. FAU certainly has been down, and Miami even has been down a couple of times. But we have not seen this UConn team battle back from adversity with this bright of a light. I think they're the better team here. I lean toward UConn in the game. The better play, I think, again on the under. When you get bright lights and you get pressure, it typically leads to less offense. I'd also play under in the first half. Both these games are going to trend toward the over between now and tip-off, and they're also going to trend toward the favorite. So if you like the favorite, bet it now. You like the underdog, you need to wait. Same thing with the total. Over, you need to bet it now. Under, wait. I'm going to wait, play under the 149. I think it gets to 151 or so by the time tip-off comes. All right, I want to thank Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, for joining us here on Weekend Wager 98.7 ESP and getting us ready for the Final Four tomorrow night. Boy, is it going to be fun. When we come back, Stormy Bonantani is going to join us, part of the ESPN broadcast team for the XFL. We went 4-0 last week, 1-0 earlier tonight. Can we keep it going? We'll break down a number of these games with Stormy when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.